0: WrestlingInc.com brings you Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on NJPW, AEW, ROH, PWG, and more.
1: Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future.
0: Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Hi, and welcome to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Paul.
1: And we're actually recording, like, in daytime, so that's, uh... If you're watching on YouTube, that's why there's so much of a glare. Because there's so much sunlight coming through the window. But, uh, we are ready to go to a big, big weekend of wrestling. I I hope you've, uh... I hope you've got a seat cushion ready, plenty of beers, because there's going, gonna to, fall asleep. there's going to be a lot of wrestling this weekend.
0: Yeah, lots of beers.
1: Three G1 shows, NXT, SummerSlam, uh, Ring of Honor, Summer Supercard.
0: I thought you were going to say, get ready for a baseball game, because oh. we're going to one. Well, you started with a B, a no. big weekend. No. I thought you were going to say the baseball no. game, which we're going to later tonight. Yes. Baby cakes.
1: Yes. The final season of the New Orleans Baby Cakes. Yeah. Haven't been to a game in two years. Figured I ought to see them before they leave town.
0: Gosh, I haven't been to a game in like five or six, maybe even longer amount of years.
1: Back when they were the Zephyrs, before they became the Baby Cakes.
0: So we're going to eat really bad after this podcast is over. So we have to get through the podcast, exercise, time for a beer, And awesome, terrible food. Yes. Like nachos with the crappy cheese. That's my fave.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. But
0: if you want to travel, not to a baseball game, but to a wrestling event, check out our friends at Wrestling Travel. You could find them at WrestlingTravel.org online. And if you have questions about their Wrestling Travel packages, just shoot them a DM on Twitter. Again, that's at Wrestling Travel. Or click on the Contact Us tab on their website. And really, they've got some amazing travel packages available to all kinds of events, including All Out, the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania too. They've got really great packages for that. And also for New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom, it's gonna be a two night event this year mm-hmm. and the trip is more than just those two nights. It's a whole thing. You're gonna get guided tours from fat ass masa from being the elite. So many cool things involved in this package. You'll have a tour of Japan and you'll be with like minded wrestling fans that you can hang with.
1: And then of course, WrestleMania down the road in Tampa, which obviously will be a fun trip and who knows, you could I guess, in theory, go off to a baseball game. You said, no, baseball games aren't part of the trip, but you could go to a a minor league baseball game or a Rays game.
0: They like baseball in Japan, too. Maybe you could find it there. there I just don't know if it's going on around that time of year, I don't know
1: when the Japanese baseball season is. I don't know if it's the same as the United States. That's a good question. I don't know.
0: Kevin Kelly has talked about how he's gone to baseball games in Japan, so I know they have it there. Oh, yeah. I've heard him talk about it. It's
1: huge. It's like the second biggest league in the world behind the United States.
0: I can't believe that that's so cool oh, yeah
1: yeah legendary players from japan have come
0: really oh, like yeah. who do you uh, know uh
1: well i mean dice k pitched for uh, the red sox when they won the world series he was really well known and of course the greatest probably uh japanese player to play in the united states was ichiro suzuki who just recently
0: retired not our suzuki not Different our suzuki. suzuki
1: but that's a good segue into uh, a discussion we're gonna have later in the show as we uh embark here on our 50th episode here on uh re- wrestling inc we're going to re- rank our 50 favorite keyword favorite male singles wrestlers and suzuki is sure to be on both of our lists yep very, we'll have to
0: see where he ranks very later. very
1: high on the list for yeah. both of us yeah for sure and speaking of the g1 or speaking of new japan let's uh turn our attention to g1 it's time for all the latest wrestling news opinions and thoughts it's time for headlines And we are going to uh, turn our attention to this weekend in the G1. We finally have the uh, finish line in sight with the finals coming early Monday morning, Sunday night, wherever you are. Uh, But still a lot to be determined before we even get to the finals. The A block is real simple. And it's kind of what we thought it would be. Okada versus Ibushi. Uh, The winner will win the A block.
0: That should be an interesting match. Of course, I'm rooting for Okada, although, like, that's less exciting to root for him. Although, I know if he does win, whoever he faces in the finals, it'll be flippin' awesome. Now, I know you love Abushi a lot more than me, so I know you're probably rooting for Abushi. That's fine. I know most of you listening are probably going to root for Abushi. That's cool. I really like Abushi as a wrestler in terms of, like, wrestling ability, but his personality is, like, not up my alley at all. So... I, that's why I'm not rooting for him to win in this match. Although it would be kind of exciting for him to win and it kind of would bring things full circle and yeah, whatever. I don't (laughs) know. I'm okay with whatever happens. I am too.
1: And I, I should stress also Okada, if it does go to a time limit draw would go through because each would get a point and he'd still win by two points. It is interesting. Do you want Okada who's already the champion to make history and go through and win the G1 for the first time? Uh, that a champion will have won the G1 since 2000, I believe? Or do we want to see Ibushi, who was in the finals last year before losing to Tanahashi? And it
0: was a very big surprise that he did lose. Like you said, we were expecting that it would definitely be him. So when Tanahashi turned around, not that Tanahashi isn't a valid contender, Mm -hmm. it's just that the way they were pushing Ibushi, we really thought it was his time last year. And we thought the time for Tana had passed by but actually the funny thing is i feel like tanahashi looks a lot better this year in this year's g1 although in the finals i will say he was amazing of last year's finals he looked great but for most of the tournament last year i thought he kind of looked like he was hurting like he needed some time to recover his body was just so banged up the finals he was great this year i think overall his performance has been better but yeah we thought abushi would win last year for sure uh
1: as you look at the a block The disappointing number for me is Lance Archer with four because he started so great and he's had such a great tournament. I get why he probably doesn't have more wins and more points because it's his first foray into the singles in in a while. So... I get that, but uh, I don't think the four points is reflective of how good a tournament he's had.
0: I feel like he's had some of the best performances, and as I said last week, I feel like him being involved in the tournament has really elevated him mm-hmm. because of these great performances he's had in this prestigious tournament. So I think regardless of his low point value, it sucks in a way, but in another way, it really doesn't matter because he's gotten more over just from being in this tournament, regardless of only having four points.
1: Uh, Sonata and Kenta and Tanahashi and Evil all at eight points. None of them can win the block, but uh, Sonata could bounce back after a slow start.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sonata really picked up towards the end and getting a huge win over Okada. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal, you know. That's and you like the way title. it ended a lot.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. No, it was a it was a great match and. Uh, uh, I I I love that Sonata won it with I guess it was like twelve seconds left or something. So it was really exciting and good for Sonata, and good that he'll get a title shot down the road. But you want to add
0: another standout performer, of course, <clears throat> for me, Will Osprey. Of course, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's disappointed he disappointing he's not higher in point value again just like lance archer but it doesn't matter everyone really respects him for the matches he's had not only in this tournament but two other tournaments this calendar year before this so taking all that into account wow what a year to me he might be the wrestling mvp of all of wrestling
1: meanwhile the b block is chaos and pun intended a little there because uh, two members of chaos yanu and ishi both still very much alive uh, it is, uh, there's four, four wrestlers that don't have a chance. Basically juice Robinson, Jeff Cobb, tai Chi, and Shingo, but, and it, but I know what you're going to get to, but, uh, I will say that, uh, everybody else is still alive, but yeah, juice is out.
0: Yes. <laughs> this brings us to our verbal correction last week in our notes, we marked that juice had beaten Naito. That was incorrect. He did not beat him. And honestly, all the G1 matches sometimes blend together for us. Our (laughs) notes are our only thing that keeps us tethered to reality to remember anything that happened. So we didn't have any notes about the specific finish. We had Juice circled as the winner and we thought, our notes were correct. So we apologize. Juice did not beat Naito. And I had said, Juice beat Naito. He's not a B-plus player if he's beaten Naito. But I still don't think he's a B-plus player, even though he lost to Naito. I still think he's an A player.
1: Which we'll see where you have Juice ranked in your uh, ratings. I, I will say, look, we were wrong. We we strive to be factually correct. But we're not the NBC nightly news. We don't need corrections and all that stuff. You know, <laughs> Yes, we made a mistake, but it's it, again we're not reporting on, on congressional hearings or yeah. something, you know. So
0: it, it it is a bummer sometimes when you see someone point out a mistake and like there's no other positive yeah. like positive comments about the show. I it's know, like that sucks. So because we talked about a lot of great stuff last week besides that one little mistake.
1: So let's talk about the B block. Uh, John Moxley, Jay White. Uh, Goto and Naito are all at ten. Yanu and Ishi are at eight. As we head into the B Block finals, or uh, yeah, the B Block finals on Sunday morning, Saturday night, and Moxley's going to go against Juice, which ought to be a, a great rematch of uh, their U.S. title match.
0: Yeah, it really should be a great match. I'm, I'm really excited about it, and I think I honestly think that Juice might actually get his revenge here. I don't know.
1: Could be. Could be.
0: I, I really think that could happen. Um, and that could be, like, the cherry on top of... Because even though he's, like, kind of dead in the tournament, I feel like it would be the cherry on top of the performance, kind of like a redemption coming full circle after his terrible performance in the G1 last year. But, you know, how would that work out? I mean, that would basically knock Moxley out. It would. So.
1: Um.
0: I, but I think that could happen. I'm guessing that's going to be the main event. I mean...
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Although,
0: I think Jay White's match could probably yeah, be probably the Jay main White and Nido. event as well. I think either way, you could have it be the main event. Because I think why Moxley Juice is so important is because it's a rematch. Their first one had so much animosity, and it does have a lot of meaning. And Moxley has been so dominant. However, because there's all those 10s tied, you could argue, yeah, well, it's just as important, though, with Jay White and Naito. Yep. Who are both at 10. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, it should be... Interesting regardless who main event, because those are the two matches I'm looking forward to really quite uh, a bit.
1: Ishii's still alive. He goes against Chi, who's had a, a, actually a pretty good ter- tournament. Yeah, Yanu going against Jeff Cobb. Yanu still alive.
0: Come on, Yanu. I love <laughs> uh, Cobb, but I want Yanu to win. <laughs>
1: Goto going against Shingo. Shingo is uh, out, but uh, Goto at 10 points still has a chance. And then, as we mentioned, Jay White going against Naito. Uh, both of them... At ten points going into this weekend, so
0: finals who, on August twelfth.
1: Who comes out on the B, B block?
0: I don't know. Uh, I hate predictions. <laughs> All right, let's
1: uh, let me I put it let me put it this way. That's okay. You hate predictions. Let's put it another way then. What do you think is the best scenario for New Japan? Like, what would you like to see? And what do you think is the best result of who wins each block and who wins the tournament going forward? If you were the the booker. What what do you think is the best scenario?
0: Jeez, I'm no Gato, but I'll try. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I honestly, I want to see Naito win the B block, and I'm fine with Okada <laughs> winning the A block, but I think it could be Abushi, and then you've got that, because they've had feud already, Abushi and Naito. Mm. That would be your finals. It would have a lot of meaning, and I could see Abushi winning. That would be great for the company. I think they do see him as a future star for the company. I do think that main event of Wrestle Kingdom would draw Abushi versus Okada. However, I really want to see Naito get his time. I really want to see Naito get his ultimate big win. So to me, I want—I would love in a dream scenario for it to be Naito. But I have a feeling it's probably Abushi.
1: Yeah, I mean Naito and Abushi would make for a great final, um, and I think either guy would be deserving of going on to Wrestle Kingdom. So I think that is probably your best case, big name scenario. I don't think they're going to put Moxley through. I, I
0: Yeah, I don't I, think so either.
1: Um, so then to me, the only other one is Jay White. Could it be Jay White and Ibushi?
0: I would love if it was Jay White as well. That is a good point there because he didn't get it last year. Right. It would be the ultimate revenge. And then he needs kind of like a bump up because he had been losing so much. After losing the IWGP heavyweight title. So I do think that would really benefit him. And he's also seen as a future star. It's pretty evident.
1: Well, and it would be the ultimate dichotomy, right? He got off to this great start last year. Didn't get to the finals. This year he gets off to the horrible start. Told everybody he's going to win six in a row. If he got to the final, it would be great. It would be cool. You know who wouldn't be happy about that?
0: Rocky, Rocky Romero, yes.
1: The, the thing this week where Jay White goes to hug Rocky, or was that last week? I It don't was remember, like but, oh, last
0: week, I
1: think. I, where he's like, come give me a hug, Rocky.
0: That was so funny. But um, I forgot about Jay White. How I forgot in like two seconds of was just talking about him, I don't know. But that is a great possibility, and I'd love to see it. I, I do think, as I just said a minute ago, the company obviously sees White as a future pillar for the whole company, I believe. Yeah. Just like bushy. So I think either of them could win the whole thing.
1: And his heel work is so great. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, you know, having they, Gato there.
0: It's awesome. <laughs> and plus, it'd be a cool dichotomy between Ibushi. Abushi to me, doesn't have as much personality. Jay White oozes personality, so that'd be kind of like a great yin and yang.
1: And I can't wait to see the other uh, matches that they put together for uh, Monday morning at the Budokan. Uh, you know, it's going to be a great card as we wrap up the G1. Well, let's turn our, att- our attention to AEW, where uh, John Moxley... Uh, also resides, and uh, they announced two more cities for uh, the the shows two and three on TNT.
0: Yeah, and I think they were great decisions, Boston and Philly, wrestling towns. You can't really go wrong there. Of yeah. course they're going to do well.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, this, this wasn't like some monumental decision. It's not like yeah. they picked Paducah, Kentucky, and took a big risk. They went to—and that was shot at Paducah, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean— Philadelphia and Boston are kind of like no-brainers. You want to get momentum. You want to be in wrestling towns to get that momentum going. Then you go to smaller towns, and and that's how how it's going to go. So, uh, yeah, good decision.
0: Very good decision, and uh, I'm excited about that announcement. I think those shows should sell out easily for sure. More news coming out of AEW. We've got some participants announced for the casino Battle Royal, the Mm buy-in for All Out, including... Teal Piper, which is Roddy Piper's daughter, as well as, I'm really excited she's back, or as she said, the bee is back! (laughs) (laughs) But the non-censored version, she said. (laughs) Jazz! I'm super pumped to see her back. Of course, a few months ago, maybe even longer than just a few months, she relinquished the NWA women's title because she had some health issues. So now she's back, and in the awesome video where they showed her announcing that she'll be in the Battle Royal, she took off her mask and she's bald. So I wonder if she was dealing with some serious illness like maybe cancer or or maybe she just wanted to look more menacing. I don't know but I'm glad she's back no matter what and I do think it's kind of interesting we'll talk later about NWA's announcement but it's interesting that she's choosing to work with AEW and not going straight back to NWA. We'll talk more about NWA later.
1: Yep, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, a couple other people from AEW with uh, some news- newsworthy announcements. Uh, Moxley, He's gonna go against Pentagon on August sixteenth in Northeast Wrestling. You can see it on high spots. That's gonna be a fantastic match.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. I, I definitely wanna watch that match, don't you?
1: Well, it'll be kind of reminiscent of Pentagon's battles with Sammy Callahan, the crazy oh, dude against violent, yeah. yeah.
0: I don't think there'll be railroad spikes no, though probably. driven into Moxley's well, you, or Pentagon's. Well, man. you
1: never know with Moxley, though.
0: That, that's true, but man, that's Sammy Callahan set of matches <laughs> amazing oh i remember those
1: also uh chris jericho podcast uh you had a couple of things you wanted to talk about about him
0: yeah i just wanted to highlight a few of the recent talk is jericho episodes they've been really great uh recently of course we mentioned last week Joey ryan was on and he had a great interview with jericho lots of awesome insight he talked a lot about pwg talked about his whole philosophy on wrestling talked about his documentary, which man, I can't wait to see that documentary. This is wrestling. Actually, some of the producers and filmmakers who worked on it worked with my coworker. They worked together on bar rescue. That's pretty funny. I was just talking to him the other day. Uh, Dave Landry's his name. So that's kind of funny. Small world (laughs) in the production biz sometimes. Well, anyway, hopefully we could see that documentary quite soon. Then Jericho had on David Arquette. Great. Great interview. They talked about him trying to change people's opinions of him after the whole WCW stuff, him trying to like rectify that he's not just in it just because. He loves wrestling, and that really came across in the interview. I will say, Arquette, his memory wasn't very sharp in this interview. He kept saying, like, I don't really remember how they told me about, you know, I would win the championship. It was all kind of like, you know, very nonspecific That's what he was saying. So I would have liked a little more specifics, but I still enjoyed the interview overall. Check out that episode. And then finally, they had on the director... Tommy Avalon of the Bill Murray documentary that we just watched. And it was fascinating because you might be thinking, well, what does Bill Murray and the documentary about Bill Murray have to do with wrestling? Well, a lot actually, because the filmmaker has a lot of ties to wrestling. He's a big wrestling fan. And if you look back throughout his, documentary career he's included wrestlers in almost all of his documentaries including the very first one I am Santa Claus that stars McFoley because McFoley's super into Santa and he wanted to be a Santa and then a whole bunch of other people who basically lived their life as Santa they were full-time Santas essentially that's a great documentary he also produced and edited Ghost Heads which are about super really, really in-depth, hardcore Ghostbusters fans. And in that documentary, that featured Zack Ryder and a whole bunch of other really big Ghostbuster fans. And then, finally, this Bill Murray movie, uh, which really... doesn't on the surface have to do with wrestling, but he did interview George the Animal Steel, and he actually worked with Bill Murray in a movie and had a lot of stories about that. That's not included in the documentary, but Tommy Avalon talked about it on Talk is Jericho, and he talked about a future project he's trying to start up about Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler and everything behind the scenes about that, which is great. And I'm sure it's going to be different, because if you saw uh, Jim... And Andy, which is the movie about Jim Carrey portraying Andy Kaufman. There's a lot of crazy footage between Jerry Lawler and Jim Carrey, who is, like, in character as Andy Kaufman. This will go into more of the actual, real thing right. between the real Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler. So it'll be a lot of info that no one knew about before. So I'm looking forward to Tommy's new stuff. And check out the interview with Avalon. It's really, really good. On Talk is Jericho. I have to say it was awesome because I love Bill Murray. So it was great to hear about, you know, the making of the movie and how much everyone likes Bill Murray. Chris Jericho had some Bill Murray stories. So if you want to hear about that, check out the podcast. And uh, if only I had a Bill Murray story. (laughs) It's like my number one dream in life. I don't care... I've met tons of great wrestlers, and it's been great, but I'd give it all up if I could tomorrow run into Bill Murray or if he could come to my Halloween party. (laughs) I don't care. Like, he likes to crash parties. Please come crash my Halloween party. (laughs) You're my favorite actor of all time, and it's for, like, the last 20 years I've wanted to meet him. I have lived by his mantra from Meatballs. It just doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And they talked about that in the documentary, and Jericho talked about it just doesn't matter, the philosophy. So check all that out. And Bill Murray, if you're out there, please come crash my party, (laughs) my Halloween party next year, Saturday night, not this year. I was going
1: to say, emphasize that it's not this Halloween.
0: No, it's next <laughs> Halloween. My dad and I were plotting that it'll be on Halloween. Huge blowout. Every inch of the house decorated from it's, floor to ceiling.
1: It's insanity. It
0: is insanity. I mean, we spend like nine months decorating, <laughs> usually.
1: Uh, speaking of insanity, like that segue,
0: yeah.
1: uh, NWA has decided to uh, split from Ring of Honor. We talked about that last week. And... I am a little concerned about their future and how they're going to carve out a niche. They've got the brand name, and now they've got a a decision they've made on TV.
0: Yeah, I'm a little mixed on this. I want them to succeed, but it does seem like a lot very soon, especially with AEW on the horizon, literally on the same timetable as them. So they're going to be aiming to launch TV tapings, in September, October. That's nuts to me. That's right around the corner. (laughs) I mean, and they just made this announcement today. We're in August already. So it's like, wow. And their roster, you know, I know a few people, obviously Nick always being at the very helm, but and Eli Drake, as we talked about last week, but how deep is their roster going to be to do a whole show on their own? And to quote what the press release said and what the video said, I call it a press release because it was like Billy Corgan announcing this. Um... He says, you know, the goal is to bring the NWA back into the spotlight, run on its own oxygen. And they did thank Ring of Honor. It was awesome to be on their stage and to share the spotlight with them. But, you know, Corgan emphasized going out on their own. I just, it's a a hefty goal right now with all this stuff happening in wrestling. And he did say it's the most exciting time in wrestling right now since the 70s. It is.
1: But, man.
0: But a lot of competition, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got New Japan, WWE, AEW. Ring of Honor, even Impact is probably ahead of the game right now. So, I mean, right now you're, you're trying to carve out a niche, starting out in sixth place at best.
0: And before, you know, they didn't have any trouble working with other promotions because they didn't have TV. Will TV be a hindrance for them when they're trying to have matches with other companies? So will they have to ex- sign people to exclusive deals? I don't know. To get them to work on NWA TV. That's insane because if so, there's already so many people signed away to other promotions.
1: Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. I don't I don't know how they're going to do it, but I hope they're successful. We Me want too. that promotion to do well, but it's uh it's going to be quite the test for them yeah uh and of course the promotion they used to work with ring of honor has a big show this weekend it's called summer Supercard, and there's some good matches i'm definitely looking forward to i know i know the one you're the most looking forward to and so am i
0: (laughs) yeah i mean come on the ladder match how can you go wrong two of the most violent and really hardcore tag teams out there right now God versus the Briscoes. And the Ladder War match, like, those are typically so insane. Like, more than, like, a TLC match in WWE. It's, like, another level. It's really, really violent. If you guys remember, like, one of my favorite matches of all time is the Ladder War match, and it was, like... Christopher Daniels and Kaz versus the Bucks versus Motor City Machine Guns, and it was so bloody and violent, it was insane. It's one of my favorite matches of all time, and it was a Ladder War match. This one, I think, will live up to the hype, because the guys involved are nuts, and they're just violent and crazy, and they curse all over the place. I mean, how much are they going to (laughs) curse? I keep saying that every time they meet up, but I think this might be the most crazy of all the matches. It
1: should be. It sh- it's going to be crazy. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, I can't uh, wait.
1: Other good matches, uh, Shane Taylor versus Tracy Williams, I think should be good.
0: Taven versus Shelly should be great.
1: Yeah. Uh, Roosh versus Dalton Castle, New- no DQ. I- I'm a little intrigued by that one.
0: I'm super intrigued with uh, Villain Enterprises versus The Kingdom. I think that should be a wonderful match.
1: Yeah, so looking forward to that, the next big Ring of Honor Show Summer Supercard. Let's turn our attention to WWE. And before we look ahead to this weekend, a couple of talking points on TV. Uh, Trish Stratus is going to be in SummerSlam, but I, I find it curious that she didn't participate. She was in a tag team match on Monday, didn't participate, came face to face with Charlotte Flair, but didn't really have any sort of physicality. So I'm curious if they're saving Trish Stratus or if they're worried about Trish Stratus. I don't think
0: they're worried. They're probably saving her. However, I do think that Mickey James carried her in the last match she was in. I believe it was Mickey James, if I'm remembering her past match. Uh, all I know is, unless it was a different person, but all I remember is Mickey James carried one of the women legends in a match. I think it was Trish. And uh, Mickey James is amazing. She's out right now. Just had surgery not that long ago, hoping for her a speedy recovery. But... I'm not liking this Trish angle. I mean, I know people are excited. They're like, oh, I never th- thought I would see Trish wrestle again or ever for newer fans, you know? But to me, it's like, let the past be in the past. I'm, I'm sick of all these callbacks. Although it's an interesting opponent for Charlotte in terms of she could cement herself as the greatest woman mm-hmm. ever. If she does win, if she doesn't win, I think it's a atrocious mistake.
1: Well, yeah, th- I would say, you know, in both cases with Goldberg coming back against Ziggler and Trish against Charlotte, you've got to have the new talent win. They can both, both the legends can have great parts in their matches. You know, hopefully Trish does a lot of the great stuff she did, but in the end, if Charlotte doesn't win the match, it's a huge mistake.
0: Huge mistake. And you know, Charlotte's been carrying the feud in terms of like her mic ability. Uh, I mean, just her, her talking has really, to me, sold the, the whole thing. Trish has been talking back, but it's just, it's more forced than scripted feeling, whereas Charlotte's so natural. It seems believable to me what she says. I never question, oh, this is written down, she's memorized this. She's so great at talking. She really is. We've said that in the past, but I'm looking forward to just her pompous acting <laughs> when she's going into the ring and stuff. It's going to be great.
1: I will say both Raw and SmackDown felt a little better as far as week of pay-per-view shows. Uh, there were some good matches And some significant matches, a match that you wouldn't put on SummerSlam necessarily, although, you know, it is a title match, but the women's tag team matches, hey, they were back on on TV, which, you know, it's been a while, and uh, the Iconics drop, Uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss are the new women's tag team champs. Uh, I'm
0: glad that Nikki Cross gets a chance to shine, however, you know... It, it, the whole friendship angle has been weird to me. A lot of people like it.
1: There will be a turning There, Of point. course well, there
0: will be a turning. And I think that's what's going to make everything worth right. it. So that's going to make this whole weird relationship payoff in the end. I mean, I'm just waiting for that payoff. I mean, who knows when it could be.
1: It's so funny thinking about, as I watch this match and, you know, you think about the women's division, it's all, I mean, 95% of the division is NXT people. Yeah, you know, I mean, other than Natalia, really, and I think one or two others, it's it's all, you know, the groundswell that was created in NXT has created the main roster of women in WWE. Now I mentioned it a minute ago. uh, Goldberg gonna go against Dolph Ziggler. I think the surprise would have been kind of cool had I already not seen a million rumors that it was gonna be Goldberg. Yeah, because they tried to do a good swerve of the contract signing, and then Miz is like. No, you're gonna meet me on Raw, you know. But you're facing Goldberg. Uh, It would have been better, obviously, if I didn't know it was coming.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I just again, I feel like they're over relying (laughs) on legends, and Goldberg just had that terrible, terrible interaction match with the Undertaker. So to me, it's like he already had a perfect send off. Why do they keep just? beating a dead horse, you know, and I feel like they just had the Raw reunion, which was filled with nostalgia, and it's like they're just playing up on that over and over again, and I know they're trying to look for that ratings jolt that that gave them, they're trying to repeat that by kind of infusing these legends into current stuff. Right. I just don't know if it works, honestly.
1: We'll see, for sure. (laughs) Definitely, I
0: I don't think it turns viewers like out-of-tune viewers in for an extended period. No, I think, if anything, they might come in, watch that match, and then tune out again. So it's not really adding anything in the long term, in my opinion.
1: No, I agree with that. Uh, One other thing I wanted to mention from TV before we switch to the weekend. I think Kevin Owens must be watching or listening to our podcast because he almost word for word said what I said, I believe, last week uh, on the match with him and Shane McMahon. He said to Shane... Hey, if I've got to quit, why don't you have to quit? That's what the WWE Universe wants. And that's what I said that last week. That is what you said. I wish you listened
0: to our podcast. That'd be so freaking cool. But that's ridiculous. No way. A girl can dream, though. Another thing you predicted, but the people at home don't know. No. You said to me, literally last week, off camera, of course, and off the podcast, uh, we weren't recording, you said, man, whatever happened to the Raw opening? Like, they used to have an actual open. Now it just kind of, like, starts. Right. And then... Lo and behold, it's such a weird week to do it, but they revealed the new Open. that was weird. Yeah, right after the shooting tribute where they were all doing the the bell salute, then all of a sudden they they cut to the Open. Yeah. It's like of all weeks, you could have waited one more week and done it like next week. Also, it's not the start of a season, as you said. It's just kind of randomly in the middle of their season technically even though the season never technically no i know but the
1: the tv season no i said it uh we were watching tv and i was like you know we always talk about the pyro going away what happened to the opens and uh sure enough (laughs) the following week Raw hadn't opened. SmackDown did not, but I think they will when they go to Fox uh, in a few weeks.
0: I think they'll have to when they go to Fox, for sure. And then let's move on to the weekend now, looking ahead to NXT TakeOver, of course. I know you're pumped about it.
1: I'm always pumped about NXT TakeOvers. They're all freaking awesome.
0: They're all right. They're always good. They're pretty good. They're
1: always good. Uh, I'm not sure about another two out of three falls match between Gargano and Cole, but at least... They're shaking it up with each guy getting a stipulation. And if the third stipulate or the third each fall, fall yeah, a stipulation. Yeah. yeah, the third fall happens, William Regal gets to decide it, which obviously we know that's going to happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, because why would that even <clears throat> exist right. in the notes if it wasn't going to be happening? But, you know, I've said before why I don't like two out of three falls match. I feel like it's so predictable, but rarely they, they go off script and they do something where it's like you know, someone gets all three falls in a row or there's, you know, I mean, all two falls in a row. Right. But other times it's like one, one, and then this final one is the deciding factor, which that's why I don't like them. It's like you might as well have just had a a normal match, but this breaks it up, I think, a little bit from their previous matches because it feels like they've met a lot recently. So this gives it some flair, as you said, and and that's why it should be pretty good. Another match I'm really looking forward to is the triple threat for the North American Championship.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be really good. I mean, it's obviously disappointing no Matt Riddle or Keith Lee on this show.
0: Yeah, good Um, point there.
1: But that's going to be great. Got two women's matches, including seeing Candice LeRae finally on a takeover, not just on a run-in, but actually wrestling, which will be awesome against Io.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And uh, I think she even tweeted, takeover, Mm because, you know, finally she's going to be on a show. And not just, like running in and doing something at the end, an actual match. Can't wait. Funny enough, so Matt Riddle's not on the card, but he did tweet out that he'll be at TakeOver, and he'll be at SummerSlam. So he's like, watch out, bro, to Brock Lesnar, to Goldberg, because he's internet feuding with everybody. Right. He's kind of gotten under the skin of Chris Jericho recently. Jericho was like, watch your mouth, kid, or something. I can't remember the exact words, but... Um, Matt Riddle responded with just this funny look and said that he was gonna beat the crap out of Chris Jericho. He said that in a video. And then Jericho made fun of like his look and like did this cross-eyed thing. And right. So back and forth, they're going back and forth. Apparently, Riddle's got heat with Booker T as well, Lance Storm, all kinds of people. And he totally went off on them in a video where he was saying, like, Lance Storm, you know, stop trying to tell people how to be entertaining. You never were. (laughs) Oh, like, it was crazy. I love this He's got a point. (laughs) I mean, Lance Storm is a great wrestler. He is. But I do think Riddle...
1: He bored the hell out of me.
0: Riddle has more of a persona. Yeah. For sure. Than Lance Storm. So, he had... I love Lance Storm, okay? He had a small, valid point, though, Riddle about the entertainment value thing. I just think it's funny the whole you know Twitter beef with everybody. It's, it's great. And, and like people were saying, you know, imagine social media back in the Monday Night Wars era. era. We're going to kind of get that now with AEW yeah. and WWE guys a little bit, maybe. Yep. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And uh, of course, you got a tag team championship match and the women's match as well. And then on Sunday, uh, one of the big shows of the year, SummerSlam uh Brock Lesnar Seth Rollins again a rematch from Wrestlemania uh I am curious to see what direction they go with this one I think Seth is gonna win and retain but I'm I don't know it it really could go either way
0: people will hate me for saying this but I'd love Brock Lesnar just to beat him (laughs) Uh, I'm over Seth Rollins right now I'm sorry over Uh, him
1: WWE Championship, Kofi versus Randy Orton. It's uh, got to
0: be Kofi. Yep.
1: Yeah. And they had a great feud, as they've alluded to. There was a great video piece this week on SmackDown from Kofi. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one a lot. Good to see Randy Orton in the title picture. Uh, two women's championship matches. I think. I'm
0: looking forward to the Natalia match. Yeah. You know how much I love Natalia. I don't think she's going to win, but I love when she gets elevated, when she gets a spotlight. Because to me, she's behind Charlotte. She's probably my favorite. Woman's wrestler. And
1: she's kind of turned a nice heelish thing, but she's going to get, obviously, the great reception in Canada. Of course. And uh, Ember Moon getting a chance for her first uh, main t- uh, title roster. Uh, Championship.
0: It's good to see that, too. She's amazing. In terms of athleticism, she's awesome.
1: I'm uh, probably most looking forward to, again, U.S. Championship, AJ Styles versus Ricochet, even though we've seen them go against each other before.
0: Honestly, I'm probably looking forward to that the most, too. Besides, uh, I think it's almost tied. It's just above Kofi and Randy. I think that would be my second favorite match that I'm looking forward to. And
1: then we're going to uh, get to see The Fiend. Bray Wyatt make his debut against uh, Finn Balor.
0: Some good uh, Firefly, I can't say it, I can never <laughs> say it, some good Firefly Funhouse episodes recently, liking that still. Yep. I really, really dig what's going on. Um, How will it translate in the ring for an extended match? We'll have to see. Yeah,
1: and I hate to, you, you gotta figure Bray's gonna get over, but then again, it bothers me that Finn, as I've said in the past, never has gotten really, I mean, he got the Intercontinental title, but. But it's
0: always short. Yeah. Sh- short burst, instead of anything extended. Ever since he life, got hurt. I know, but I don't think it's just that. I think WWE on the whole, it's about very short bursts of things for the most part. Except the exception lately, Kofi Kingston. That's been great to see him have an extended run. I like that quite a bit.
1: So, uh, big weekend of wrestling, and we'll talk all about it uh, next week. But when we come back, we're going to begin uh, in celebration of our 50th episode on Wrestling Inc. We're going to discuss our top 50 favorite Single male wrestlers, uh, and in no particular order when we come back, it'll be 25 of those 50, and we'll see where we rank them.
0: Yep. Two-Face Wrestling Talk is proud to be sponsored by Wrestling Travel. Check them out on Twitter, at Wrestling Travel. Also go to their website, wrestlingtravel.org, to find out about all the exciting travel packages, including a travel package to All Out, which includes four nights hotel stay, StarCast platinum bracelet, and a lower bowl ticket across from the hard cam. They also have a very fun Wrestle Kingdom travel package, which includes round-trip airfare, five-night hotel near the Tokyo Dome, lower bowl tickets to both days of Wrestle Kingdom, and guided tours by Being the Elite's fast. Madass Masa. (laughs) Come on, who wouldn't want to hang out with Masa? I think that's like the coolest thing they offer. (laughs) You get to have some time with him. Meet him, interact with him. He'll literally be hanging with you. And you'd get to be a part of the first two-day Wrestle Kingdom, which is going to be really special, in my opinion. They also have travel packages to WWE events, including WrestleMania 36, which you can sign up for information at wrestlingtravel.org. And they've got packages to the Royal Rumble as well, plus other events, too. Check out their website. There are USA travel packages, but also UK travel packages. So whether you live in the UK or where we live in the united states you can find something for you also don't forget they've got a friendly staff that can help you out dm them on twitter or contact them through their website
1: thanks wrestling travel
0: our two-faced wrestling talk logo was inspired by two-face the batman animated series character and his coin the logo was designed by the talented and creative artist eric hudson eric creates wrestling themed pieces as well as other pop culture art He is also currently working on a Roddy Piper comic book. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dreaded Dinosaur. You can also support his work by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash Dreaded Dinosaur. Please check out his work. And now back to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. So again... We're going to be ranking 25 of our 50 favorite wrestlers. We just picked 25 of the 50 list randomly, and we're each going to give our ranking number. And we'll talk a little bit about why they're on the list, et cetera, et cetera. And this is all in honor of our 50th episode, which is this episode on Wrestling Inc.
1: And we came up with a list, you know, together. We, where we put a list of 50 and then kind of whittled it down because we, we had 38, I think, common, and then we had to kind of compromise on who el- whose people would end up on the list. And again, favorites is the key word here, not best wrestler. Uh, also, if somebody asked, oh, nobody from the past, this is current wrestlers only. And uh, we're also going to elicit from you guys next week on Twitter, we want to hear your top five favorite male wrestlers and we'll read some of those answers next week
0: yep and i can't wait to read some of you guys' opinions uh always have great things to say and who knows your list might be drastically different than our <laughs> top fives we'll have to see okay so let's get right into it All right.
1: It. random top 20 or top 25 wrestlers the ranked. top half of the list and we're going to debate our rankings yes all right
0: starting off with abushi where do you got him ranked i
1: put him at six
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. But I, you
1: know I'm a huge fan.
0: I can't believe he's six for you. Uh, he's 46 for me. Oh, my God.
1: 46? <laughs> Are you insane?
0: No. Oh, my God.
1: Well, at least you're consistent because you badmouth him all the time anyway.
0: Yeah, but he's not 50.
1: Yeah, well. And uh, he's
0: over some people that you... Pr- I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, uh, I was surprised some people that actually were closer to 50 than him. I put him at 46 because I like him. I like his wrestling, but his personality is just... Not for me. Right. To me, it's just bland, whatever.
1: Kenny Omega.
0: Kenny Omega is number four for me, so he's much higher than Bushi.
1: I actually have him higher than you. I've got him at three. What? I know.
0: Wow, that's surprising.
1: <laughs> uh, speedball Mike Bailey.
0: Number 31 for me. So he didn't make the top 25. I like him a lot. I think he's underrated. He's a great flyer. He reminds me a lot of Will Ospreay in terms of he could do a lot of aerial stuff. Uh, but a lot of people don't know who he is. But well, so he had to make my list. I love him.
1: And that's why I made him number 50. Oh, Because on. I do like what I've seen from him. But it's been so little. I've literally seen four Speedball Mike Bailey matches. So I have not seen enough of him to... Like, he would not have been on my top 50 list, but he was yeah. one of the one ones I conceded for you to be on the list. So There's
0: like 20 I conceded for you.
1: 20? We had like 38 in agreement. You're,
0: I had at least 15 I didn't want that you had.
1: You're an exaggerator. Whatever. Uh, MJF.
0: Uh, I I wish I could have put him higher, but I had so many I wanted to put above him. 21. He did make the top 25, though.
1: You have him higher than me. Not by much. I had him at 25. Uh, I want to see more from the wrestling side, but th- to me, there is currently nobody better on the mic than MJF.
0: He's great. Like, if it was just about the mic, he he's, would have been even higher. He might 40.
1: be number one. If he...
0: I mean, yeah, he's incredible. And, man, it's just the beginning. Imagine that. Like, in five years, he could be, like, the top heel in all of wrestling. That's Couldn't how good I think he is. I
1: can't wait to see where you've got the next one, although I have a good idea. Seth Seth Rollins.
0: 50 yes. i freaking hate him and he wouldn't be on my list at all that's someone i conceded for you i was like i wouldn't it wouldn't be in the ballpark you i know.
1: have him at 27
0: god that's sad <laughs>
1: and i i will say something that you said i like him better when he's a heel
0: me too and
1: so i don't like him as much right now he probably would have been higher in the past for me but
0: In the past, like his first title run, yeah, back when he was like all like smarmy and people were sick of him then, I loved him then. To me, he would have been probably definitely maybe 30 or 25 back then for me.
1: Beer City Bruiser.
0: Number 15. All right. He, he's ahead of a lot of people I know. People are like, oh my God, Abushi's like 46, but she's yeah. got Beer City Bruiser at 15. I love Beer City Bruiser. I might be personally right. biased. He's been so nice to us, so kind. His wife is awesome. Uh, you know, he's tag team partners with one of my favorite people Brian Malonis and they him and his podcasting partner always support our podcast so a lot of personal biases went into this but I think he's a great wrestler f- for such a bigger guy he deserves to be on the top 50
1: and we mentioned last week Malonis one of the honorable mentions that didn't make our list uh, I put Beer City Bruiser at 30 uh, I've mentioned in the past I've seen him in person like when nobody really knew who he was uh, at, at Summerfest, Bruce City Wrestling and so he uh, uh, you know, he was so great to us on the interview. He's very entertaining. He's super athletic, so well, made him 30.
0: You know, at, at that Summerfest match at Bruce City Wrestling, he really captured the random audience. Like, you don't have just wrestling fans there. It's a lot of random people going to see a wrestling show, essentially, because it's at a music festival. So he was in the main event, and to me, he got more attention... And he got more eyes than anybody. He really captured the audience, even though they might not have all been wrestling fans. So to me, he definitely deserves to be on this list. Okay. Matt Riddle. Where'd you put him? Number seven. So he's in the top ten.
1: I have him at 28. What? Uh, for now. That's sad. Um,
0: God, I, it's I and, and By the way. Abushi six and Riddle's 28. Ugh.
1: Yes, ugh. Absolutely. No. God, absolutely. I love Matt Riddle, but come on.
0: No. <laughs>
1: um, I will say... And we probably should have said this at the beginning. If I did this list again next week, the people would be bounced all over the place. Once I got through, like, my top 10 and my bottom 7 or 8, you could have made a hodgepodge of anywhere for a lot of these.
0: I got to say, I already have changed mine, like, three times (laughs) since we originally, like, made the list of 50. And also, if I were to make it tomorrow, not even next week, it would be different. I, like... I was tortured over. Well, some of and I literally
1: rushed to do my list. I know before we did the podcast. So. Well, you
0: know, like Matt Riddle, like maybe it would have been higher on Might a different day. Might like I probably could have had him in my top five, but like I kept just I was tortured over certain ones. I was like, I don't know, I don't know. It was very hard for someone who's like <laughs> terrible at decision making. This is like torture. So yeah,
1: like I look at my list now and I see some people I probably could put him ahead of. So
0: yeah, like Matt Riddle, like maybe I should have put him like you know closer. You, you're thinking you technically could have put him closer to one? Like, no, 100? I'm
1: saying I could have put him a lot higher than 28.
0: Like, what do you mean, like closer to 30? Or you mean no, closer down more, to one? No,
1: like into in the top 20 for sure. All right, the next one is one I kind of insisted on. You didn't have on the uh, initial our, our list. mock list, but I just think because of his mic skills and I think because of his talent, and I still feel like he's still just scratching the surface. I've got uh, this is Kenny King. And I put him at 42.
0: I put him at 40. Wow, I had him above you, <laughs> like closer to one. And you're the one who insisted him on the list. I uh, There's a lot of people you wanted on the list that I didn't want. So there are who are closer to 50 than him. I love Kenny King. I actually have respect for him. I really didn't want to put him in the, you know, the bottom 10. But I I, I had to put so many other people ahead of right. him. He's great on the mic, though. He's got a great personality. And we really had the pleasure of interviewing him. He was super nice to us, so.
1: Brian Cage
0: I couldn't put him in the the last 10 I had to make sure he was out of the last 10 I put him at 39 so he's out of the you know 40 to 50 range because I wanted him to be closer to you know the lower levels he's a great guy he's actually been interacting with me on Twitter this week a lot um, he's good friends with one of my friends McGeeky designs and he was tagging him on some of my little questions like which horror movie table would you sit at on this popular table mean that's meme that is going around and uh he was telling me about his favorite you know candies and his favorite horror movie he likes butterfinger bbs which <laughs> don't exist anymore but that was kind of funny so he's cool 39 where do you have him
1: uh i actually have him at 23 uh but see this is a perfect example i think now i would have probably flip-flopped him with matt riddle and probably had riddle a little higher the only thing about brian cage is i i wish there was a little more personality from him but you can't beat the the athleticism, the, the athleticism for such a big guy, uh, and we don't get to see him because we don't see as much of impact as we we used to. So he is twenty three right now. Alistair Black,
0: forty seven.
1: I have him as twenty.
0: Oh.
1: He's actually one of the more entertaining wrestlers for me right now. Between his dark character, the vignettes they've been doing, and his actual wrestling, I enjoy him quite a bit.
0: I like his character and his theme song <clears> and everything. It's just, yeah, right. he's not in my top twenty five at all. Andrade. Forty nine, just behind Seth Rollins. I, I'm just like great wrestler, but nothing else behind it.
1: Uh, I put him at thirty two. Uh, I think his wrestling has been phenomenal. His matches against Rey Mysterio are awesome. Uh, I think this is another guy just scratching the surface. I think they're smart having a valet with him because he doesn't speak that much English very well. So
0: It's just like, you know, for me, the personality and wrestling go hand in hand. If you just have one or the other, that's why I rank these people higher. Like, Black, for me, has a personality, but I don't like his wrestling as much as some other people. So I put him higher. Same thing as Andrade, great wrestler, no personality to me. So I put him higher.
1: Well, as you know, so, uh, to me... You can have one or the other and be one of my favorites because if you're a phenomenal wrestler, I love watching you. If you're really good on the mic, I really like you. But you got to have one of the two. Uh, of course. That you know, was makes sure. a
0: great wrestler, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Yano. He, 17. Oh, my <laughs> God. He made my top 20. Come on.
0: What? Oh He's my. amazing. Okay, but
1: again. He's so
0: entertaining. I like personality. It's your
1: favorites. so yeah. uh, Yes. It's yes. favorites, but uh, I had <laughs> He's him, amazing. I had him at 49. Oh. However, Little. I will say, what some of the stuff he's done in the G one has made him, has endeared him to me a lot more.
0: I love that Colt Cabana Yanu match, and so does Colt Cabana. It was one of his favorite matches. So, I, uh, I, spoiler, he, he's he's lower than Colt Cabana on my list, as in he's closer to one.
1: Okay, uh, Johnny Gargano,
0: forty
1: eight. Uh, I have him at thirty six, just because he delivers. Uh, great matches every time he's in the in the ring. So
0: again, great wrestler, but I need more. Keith Lee, twelve, and I wrestled with that. I'll tell you tell you later.
1: I put him at fourteen, so we're pretty close there. Uh, love him from PWG. Want to see more in NXT? He's due to be on a takeover here soon.
0: He's got to be. He's too good. Yeah. He's got a personality. He's a bigger guy, but he can move. That's why I have put him so close to one. Ricochet, forty three. I feel bad putting him so high, but I like Osprey better in terms of personality and wrestling. I think he's a wonderful wrestler. I just... The personality. It's okay.
1: I have him at eight.
0: <laughs> we are so different. Yep. I, That's what makes like. this
1: podcast great. Because uh, I'm actually sensible.
0: <laughs> Most people will like your list better than mine, uh, yeah. I will say. I... Uh... I go for the people who are unique and awesome and whatever. Everyone likes Ricochet.
1: Yeah, well, for good reason, because he's phenomenal. Yes,
0: but there's the great. <laughs> there's a ton of great wrestlers. you got to have something other than that.
1: He's one of the 10 best. He's all right. Joey Janela.
0: He is one of the 10 best wrestlers, but we're talking about favorites, by the way. Yes. All right, so Joey Janela is 13, and I, I <laughs> said a comment about the Keith Lee thing. So Keith Lee was 12, and Joey Janela was 13. The reason... Keith Lee is over Joey Janela. I actually probably would have put Janela as 12, but I wanted jo- Janela to be at 13. 13's a lucky number to me, it's a special number. So Joey Janela got 13 because it's a really special number to me and I really love him. I just love his personality, I love his persona, and I like his wrestling. I mean, we saw the main event with Moxley, that was awesome. He's just nuts, insane, he'll take crazy risks. He's very surprising. I know you're thinking he's way too high, but uh, I actually would have put him even higher. But again, he had to have 13.
1: I actually have him a little lower than probably I should. Uh, I kind of look, he's another one that I could, probably could have put a little higher, but I did put him at 40. Uh, I, I do like him a lot, but he reminds me of like X Games athletes and that he's just Crazy you know
0: but he's got a personality though. he does have
1: a personality
0: remember all that crazy stuff he was saying at that podcast but i i
1: I just kind of look at him as uh he he's just he doesn't care i guess is the best way to put it which is but
0: i like that yeah no which is
1: a good thing but uh i again probably you asked me this list in in three weeks and he's probably in my top 30, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean...
0: So. And the thing is, I'm also taking, like, social media presence and, like, outside-of-the-ring presence into account, too. Like, I love his tweets. Just, he's... He's so great. <laughs> Personality-wise, even outside-of-the-ring.
1: Tommaso like, Ciampa. <laughs>
0: um... 45.
1: See, so we, we... So,
0: so you wanted Ciampa on the list, I wouldn't have put him on my list, probably. You wanted Gargano, and all of them are, like, right. 40 to 50 Which makes range sense. for
1: me. Which makes sense. I put him at 26 just because he... I, well, he's been on the shelf, Is a phenomenal wrestler. Him and Gargano together were a phenomenal tag team, which I think eventually they've got to put him back together when they and promote them to the main roster as a tag team. But his heel work, his entrance when he came in, no music, the wave, just everything about him, his look... I just like him a lot.
0: His social media presence is great, and I do love his heel work. It, it's been some of the best heel work ever. But again, I just had to put some people I, I personally like better ahead of him.
1: Marty Scurll.
0: 28. Didn't even make the top 25. I've, I played around with actually making him closer to 50 than that, like maybe 30, 35. I really struggled with where to put him over anybody else, honestly. Why? Because I love his personality. His wrestling's not my favorite i love the finger snap i love some things about him i love his entrance a lot i love his like gear but there's some things i don't like right now i feel like he's being sloppy so his current like performance i feel like he's not giving it his all all the time recently i don't know he's just lacking something for me right now and that's why he's not like in the top 25 even
1: he's not even in my top 40 i put him at 45
0: yeah like but, i i was thinking I, I made a mistake and should have put him closer to that even
1: i i love his entrance obviously i love his ring gear I love his personality, and I probably could have put him a little higher, but once his matches start, I just kind of am not that excited about his matches. So I
0: understand the feeling. So I do.
1: that's kind of the way I feel about him. Jeff Cobb.
0: Another person I really struggled with, honestly. I kept playing around with where to put him. This was so difficult. I ended up placing him at 42. I hate that he's in the bottom 10, but... The reason is, I've said this last week and the week before, he has not been the same Jeff Cobb as I remember from PWG a few years ago, even just three years ago. A lot of people other than me, like my friend Anthony said the same thing the other day, and I was surprised to hear somebody other than me think this, that they think that his matches have been sloppy a little bit and that he's slower than usual. It's almost like he's holding back. It's not the same Jeff Cobb. In this G1. I mean he's had decent matches. It's just not the caliber. I remember when he was tagging with Riddle. I remember when he was having singles matches in PWG. It's just not the same. So for that reason. He's kind of not anywhere near my top ones. He's at 42.
1: I get that. uh, But I'm still a huge Jeff Cobb fan. uh, From seeing him in person at PWG. To actually talking to him at uh, the WrestleCon Super Show here in town. And what a nice guy he was. And I just love... Everything he does, and, you know, yeah, I, I get your point that he doesn't look the same as he did in PWG. Neither does Brian Cage.
0: I'm saying the performance <laughs> yeah. isn't the same, not just the look.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I still think he's really good, so uh I, I put him in my top 30 at 29. AJ
0: Styles. I struggle with this, too, because originally, if you asked me this last year, he might be 3, 5. He's 10, He still made the top ten, but he's not in my top five right now. I love him. I just... I'm not as fine-tuned to what he's doing right now. One of the great wrestlers in the world, though. One of the greatest.
1: I put him at number four. Uh, And this is...
0: So, so far, who are your highest ones that you've read?
1: uh, Omega, Styles, and Ibushi. At what? uh, Three, four, and six. Okay. So, with AJ, too, it's going back to his great matches in TNA, his great matches in Japan... You know what he's done in WWE has been awesome, uh, so I I I don't see any slippage with him, and so uh, that's why he's still in my top five.
0: I mean, I don't think slippage in terms of performance. I'm just not invested in him as much as a a person I like.
1: Well, that's because you hate WWE.
0: I don't hate it, <laughs> but I don't like it as much as other promotions. Yeah. So maybe that has a playing things i don't know
1: who is your highest wwe person have we gotten your highest wwe oh i'd have to look no we haven't because i just looked at your list accidentally so
0: what you're not supposed to do that
1: (laughs) all right john moxley
0: 37 not not higher because he's on a hot streak right now he's great but he's not a personal favorite he actually used to be like if you guys want a tidbit about me um, I used to like John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose, quite a bit. When I first got into wrestling, he might have been my favorite wrestler when I first got in as a casual fan, really. He was like my new favorite. Of course, I had legends that were favorites over him, but in terms of current wrestlers, at the very time, it was him. But yeah, now he's, he's gone further back for me. But he's doing great right now in the G One. His personality's on fire. I do think he's wonderful.
1: His reinvention, his—I mean, I always liked him as Ambrose. Anyways, he probably even even as Ambrose, even in the time towards the end where it wasn't as good, he probably still would have cracked my top fifty. But now he's back to what I love about him. What I said, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever, that I would love to see him go against Suzuki because this is the wrestler that I love, and so. Number 17 for me.
0: Oh, that's pretty high, yeah. I mean, again, I mean, I'm mean, i not that far off from you, just 20, 20 places off. So then we go to Juice. Here's kind of like the big thing. Everyone's <laughs> going to wonder where I put Juice. Where do you put Juice? Let's go for you first.
1: I put him at 35.
0: Not that far off from where I put him, I guess. No, I mean,
1: you know, again, the whole B-plus thing, there's nothing wrong with being B-plus. I don't think he's a B-plus. And plus. you don't even think he's B-plus. So.
0: I think he's uh, in my top 20, and he's there at number 20.
1: Okay. Fair enough, Matt Taven.
0: Yeah, you go first.
1: I put him in the top twenty. I put him at eighteen.
0: That's surprising to I, me. I
1: like him a lot. I like his his work on the mic, his personality. It doesn't hurt that he's a Boston guy. So <laughs> uh, bias. Uh, all of that, uh, I I'm putting him at eighteen, and that's probably the one or one of the ones that I'll probably <clears> get the most heat on because I know not everybody likes Matt Taven, but
0: he's a uh, number thirty six for me. And that sounds like, oh, man, you didn't even put him in your top 20, and you like Ring of Honor, and you've been defending him. I do think he's a great heel champion. I just, there's a lot of people I love, <coughs> pardon me, ahead of him. But he's ahead of people, like, like to me, he's lower on the list than Ricochet, so I've got him in a better spot than Ricochet. <coughs> I've got him in a better spot than a lot of people, like Champa. I mean, heck, even a better spot than Moxley by one point. So to me, uh, I think Taven's a good spot on my list, thirty-six.
1: All right, then, uh, our 2nd and last one today is Lance Archer, and this is somebody, for me, if you had asked this question three weeks ago, he may not even be in my top 50, but what he has done in the G1 has been phenomenal. I can't wait to see more of him. I can't wait to hear him talk more. I can't wait to hear him besmirch his opponents in yeah. the ring. I put him at 22.
0: I put him at 19. Wow. I really love what he's doing. He had to be in my top 20 for his performance in these last through these last 3 weeks. And because, you know, you mentioned you wouldn't have had him even in your top 50, I would have. Because he was great when he was spraying the water going to the crowd, terrorizing kids before he was a singles guy. When he right. was with KES. So to me, I always liked him, but of course he technically couldn't have been on our well, list. I was just so going to say, technically that would have disqualified single him. Guys. Yeah, but his personality, if we're just going by personality, no matter singles or tag, he would have been on the list. Uh, but he's way higher now from these last three weeks after the G1. So Lance Archer, 19 for me. And finally, Sami Zayn. We're going to go do the next 25 next week. We'll rank those, but let's go Sami Zayn.
1: Uh, you're going to be disappointed in my ranking of, of him. Of course I am. Uh, even though I like Sami a lot. Forty-three.
0: God, you're pathetic. (laughs) I can't stand this. This is the worst. I hate this. Um, Yeah. I I bet you do. I do, especially
1: when we see where you ranked him.
0: (laughs) I ranked him at number three. He's amazing. His personality is awesome. His entrance is awesome. Uh, he could play heel or face. Of course, I like him way better as a baby face. He's such a pure, wonderful baby face. His wrestling ability is amazing. Look back at the Nakamura match, one of my favorite matches of all time. I've watched that match 20 times. I love that match, that NXT TakeOver match. Um, he doesn't get the chance to shine as much as he should. You look back at his El Generico stuff, gold. Anything he's done is gold. His work with Kevin Owens, gold. Against Kevin Owens, gold. I just love Sami Zayn. His place on the card, I'm very disappointed. Never had a singles title, really disappointed. It's not his fault. He's still a favorite. It's not his fault the way he's been booked. So it's a bummer, but he's number three. I wish he was booked like he was number three in people's hearts in do, WWE. Do
1: love Sami, but currently not not deserving of number three for me. Whatever,
0: Ricochet <laughs> is over Sami Zayn. Yes. I cannot stand that. Yes.
1: Well, That's sad. Tough. So our second I'm sure lots
0: of people agree with you though. Our that's second fine.
1: 25 will come uh, next week and then we will review our top 10 again and hear some of your comments of your top 5.
0: The funny thing is you're berating me for not liking WWE but here are WWE guys in my top 3. That is true. There you go. Yeah. So
1: I bet he's your only one in the top 10. Well, AJ you said was 10, I think.
0: Yeah, so. AJ is 10. So that's two WWE guys in the top 10. For me that's pretty darn Actually, good. Actually, I may
1: say. only have two or three at the most and I don't have really. Th- yeah. No. WWE guys?
0: I, I thought you already named like a couple that were in the top 10 you had named what three six and three four and six or something yeah
1: but uh kenny omega
0: was four or three
1: he was four or no he was three aj was four so but in the top 10 aj and ricochet i think are my only top wwe guys
0: so he's saying AJ and Ricochet are his only top 10 WWE guys so far. We still have a whole other 25 wrestlers to go into next week. <laughs> what do you guys think of our list? I'm sure you're all going to hate on my list. That's fine. My rankings, you'll let, you'll hate on them. That's fine. <laughs> Everyone is entitled to agree to disagree, as yes. we always say. It's and always it's time, okay.
1: Now it's time to close out the show, uh, and you wanted to do a tweet of the week, and I'll uh, kind of respond from there.
0: I do want to do a tweet of the week, but I also want to say these 50 episodes have been great. Thanks for co-hosting them with sure. me. We've done a lot of really, really thing, a lot of things that I'm proud of. Yeah. No. So I really appreciate us doing the show. You sticking with me. But, I will say, I mean, if I had to pick a favorite thing we've done, I don't even know. I mean, our Colt Cabana interview was pretty great. Our Space Slam, even though that might have been before Wrestling Inc., but the Space Jam thing was pretty good. Our Halloween episodes, where we do Halloween stuff, uh, any favorite things we've done?
1: Uh, the interview with Beer City Bruiser, I think, was one of my favorite things that we've done, because it was such a great interview.
0: I mean, I really love our Young Bucks special a lot. I think that was really comprehensive, really researched. Like, the research we did in that was insane. Again, I mean, our interview with Mark Blutman, I think, was pretty good. Uh, we we did that in a three-part series. That, so, yeah. a whole bunch of stuff.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, we'll see if we have 50 more in us.
0: I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I would hope. <laughs> so, now to the Tweet of the Week. So, it's from Beer City Bruiser, who we were just talking about. And I ranked him pretty darn high in my top 25. I love him. So, uh, Beer City Bruiser, he says getting ready to say goodbye to a great man. To some, he was a mentor, others a father figure. To most, he was the boss. To everyone, he was a legend. Today, we say goodbye to the greatest wrestler on God's green earth. Goodbye, Harley, rest in peace, we love you. Thought it was a very heartfelt goodbye, really sweet message, and of course, harley race was beer city bruiser's trainer so they were very close
1: yep beautiful uh, send off by beer city bruiser and uh wwe put together a great video package if you haven't seen it they aired it on raw and smackdown uh really captured what harley race was all about and uh i of course got to see him wrestle on tv in my uh, early parts of watching wrestling so uh yet another legend that we have to say goodbye to but uh Uh, He's definitely made an impact on the business.
0: Really has. Sad to see him pass away, but really nice to see he's so beloved. Yep. Yep. But that's it for us this time. Until next time, that's the finish.